What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 218 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. It's 311 Day. That was back when, uh, back before the pandemic, the band 311 would have a festival on 311. And uh, that is a random yeah, bit of music. They're probably not having a festival now, are they? Probably not. They would probably get canceled, just like Eminem. Or, or like us, probably in the future. I'm sure we're or Pepe, Pepe Le Pew. Yes, Pepe Le Pew. You know, I always said, even as a kid, I was like, dude, he's like really uh, creepy. Like, yeah, I-, I felt that way too. Like, to be honest, Pepe Le Pew, I, I can understand, but at the same time, it is a cartoon. But still, yeah, I can understand people's thoughts processes on it. But I, I love what <laughs> when people brought up Miss Piggy. Because I always felt that way, too. Like, poor Kermit getting smacked around by Miss Piggy, you know. Uh, Miss Piggy's abusive, too. Well, Kermit was uh, TV's first uh, cuck uh, on TV, so (laughs) he was a good, good, like, architecture Uh, for future. Uh, I guarantee you that he was probably based on some sap that... uh, Jim Henson knew in his real life and was like, oh, I'm just going to make a character out of that and turn him into a frog. But yeah, anyway, um, how, how are you doing, Mike? What's going on in, the, in your life? I'm doing life? fine. Uh, I've just resolved uh, myself to the fate of uh, not getting another job right now because there's just so much competition and uh, I guess maybe I just don't really put off the best impression during interviews, even though the past two ones that I've done, I really do feel I did well. I established some kind of connection with the interviewer. I answered all the questions. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I think it's one of those things with a lot of jobs now, even just retail jobs. If you don't get in early, you're screwed. They're just doing interviews just because, you know, in case somebody comes along that they can't possibly um, miss due to their qualifications or whatever. So it is what it is. It's distressing. It's uh, definitely something I'm tired of in terms of going through all of this and only to just get canned emails in response saying, oh, well, we decided to go with uh, someone else. That's basically what the email says. So Shit, I, I don't even think I ever got an email back. In, back when I applied for jobs, um, I just would um, go in there and interview... Mm-hmm. And um, I, it might have been a phone call. If I don't, I don't even remember. Like I haven't had to do that in so long. Thank God. <laughs> like <laughs> I just, yeah, it's probably well, been over ten years since I've the, had to. The reason do that. why they probably have been doing these emails is due to potential backlash that some uh, companies may have gotten in the past for not having any kind of response. So when you put it that way, it it is a bit of an upgrade because you actually get some kind of response, but um, they're all the same though. I swear they use the same automated program. They all like, whether it's from Lowe's, whether it's from Fred Meyer, like the email is always the same. It's always some uh, 
form of the similar uh, of the same structure and it's always saying we decided to go with other opportunities that's that's really what uh so essentially it's just saying either you're not good enough or we found somebody that we decided we wanted to hire instead of you and i know some people tried to say like well maybe it's because uh somebody actually mentioned like uh you're too old or you're too young it's like uh, too young like i'm definitely not <laughs> not that young and in terms of because somebody was like, oh, it's you're too young. It's like, they have people working there that are younger than me. So that makes no sense. Well, you know, with and the whole, like, diversity rainbow nowadays, uh, there, there's, a, there's certain quotas of various yeah, race yeah. and genders I don't that even they have want to, to get into that, but... Yeah, but it's, know, it's a real I, thing, though. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. You'll get in trouble if you don't, if you don't uh, have a diverse enough work uh, crew, you know, so... Yeah. They might be I think like. I'll try again in the summer uh, when uh, there's more seasonal jobs, and and normally in the summer and during seasonal hiring periods, like any retail store is like, oh, you have experience, okay, we'll hire you seasonal for like a, a little bit and go from there. But uh, uh, my cousin, uh, he's he's actually doing really well for himself in computer uh, programming and stuff like that and business stuff and he was saying something along the lines that you know maybe i should look into an entry level uh, business sort of thing um because he's talking about how there's a lot of people he knows that aren't as smart as someone like me that are just doing these uh business jobs and making like way more money than people that he knows that are uh much more analytical and would probably do really well in that field so I don't it's know, Mike. Your foot in the door. I don't know so. if you. I don't know if you have the look to be like a computer nerd. I mean, you don't really look <laughs> like a computer nerd at all. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you're you'd have a, a lot to do with your image to the get the guy. The guy who was uh, uh, called all kinds of uh, nerd insults uh, when I was growing up, and and probably to not, this day on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, I still get the comment every now and then, but I don't hear nerd as much because. Nerd is not really uh, an insult because so many nerds are uh, mainstream and uh, so many uh, nerd culture has shifted into the mainstream when in I see, so many different ways. When I see hot chicks on Tinder refer to themselves as nerds, that's when I knew that like the mainstream has taken the word nerd. Yeah. It's no it, longer it's, a bad It's really thing. quite a... Um, interesting watch to watch a, a film like revenge of the nerds now because the main insults are like nerd and you're just like that doesn't mean anything nowadays <laughs> because the jocks that are bullying the nerds are into the same shit yeah exactly uh, today yeah everyone's going to comic-con it's not just the <laughs> Not just the guys with the long box of comic books. But anyway, this is a podcast about uncovering unexplained mysteries, and we are keeping in tradition with the last few episodes and covering um, episode three of the official Unsolved Mysteries podcast. That'll be later on. Uh, The Hammocock, or whatever it's called, uh, Hammocock Lake. (laughs) uh, Hammocock Lake Monsters, or whatever. Um, uh, But first, we're going to start off with the case... Case I cannot believe. I think it's hawk, uh, hawkomock, hawk on my cock, something like that. <laughs> oh my god, hamcock, <laughs> home cock, uh, big cock lake. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, <laughs> I can't believe we've never talked about this next case that we're going to open up with, and that is a case of Skunk Ape, although I know I mentioned in the past about it's one of those cliffhanger episodes, uh, and that's all I'll say about it for now. But um, yeah, this was later on in, in Unsolved Mysteries. Season 10. Yeah, and, and it has that, that later Unsolved Mysteries yeah, feel it to it. It, doesn't, it have- doesn't really have the same atmosphere. It really should have had more scenes shot at night or something. Even if it doesn't fit what they were saying in terms of the story, some, sometimes it really just helps to have that kind of atmosphere. I personally, so they, like, you can tell that they're not shooting with the cinematic cameras anymore either. No, they're not doing that either. They're shooting with a video camera. Yeah, just a cheaper shot, in ju- the, the shots. Themselves. And this is this was a pretty short segment. Um, it was like eight minutes or something. It wasn't very long at all. Uh, and this takes place in Josh's backyard in the Florida Everglades. Yep, everything out here is a fucking swamp. So that's why there's constant mosquitoes. It's a fucking hotbed for. This is like one of the most Florida uh, instances of like a Bigfoot. Yes. Like, oh, it's Bigfoot, but and it, it, and it also stinks. It's mainly it's mainly because of the opening <laughs> character uh, in the reenactment, uh, Mister uh, Florida Dundee, there with his crocodile hat and his. <laughs> sitting in the Florida Everglades day after day, waiting to catch a fucking glimpse of skunk ape. Is it the tracker? Is that is it T L Riggs? Is that who it is, or was it a? It's that hill. I don't remember exactly who it's it that was. hillbilly guy who he saw skunk ape when he was younger, and his brother lifted oh, him up yeah. in the brush to yeah. show him. Like the reenactment, yeah. literally, like the whole that segment literally opens up with uh, like this guy sitting on this really high perch in the middle of the Everglades on like this. Almost looks like a chair that you would sit at, at like a lifeguard would sit in at the beach. Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. sitting in something like that, but like in the middle of this swamp, and he's got with like binoculars with his binoculars. <laughs> and and Robert Stack's like, this man has been uh, sitting here in the in the Florida Everglades every day for the past year on on the hunt for skunk ape. I think it's David Sheely. I think that's who it is. Yeah. And, uh, and he is about as flo- he looks about as Florida as yeah. as it gets like like not the Miami you know like nightclub Florida like the the backwater the backwoods yeah. I might have fucked around with my sister uh, kind of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um. So what I really love about this segment, other than uh, the incredibly uh, silly reenactments. Uh, is uh, Robert Stack's narration because you can tell that he just thinks this is bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Like he is clearly cracking up on camera in some of uh, the scenes. You can see his uh, sly smile. Dude, I those are some of my favorite moments whenever Robert Stack is covering something that he knows is bullshit and he cracks that like little side grin. Yeah. Like he's like, he's either, that is either him struggling not to like, break or that is him just giving a wink to the audience like you know uh yeah come on guys you know (laughs) just just play along you know just watch this story we all know it's bullshit but you know some people are into these stories so let's just play along (laughs) i love it when he does that yeah i love it too it's it's always a, a wonderful sight to see that uh sly side smile 
So this takes place in the Florida Everglades, where there's a mysterious unknown creature that has been living there and has been sighted by several people. The sighting started in the late 1960s or early 70s, and the most occurred uh, during the fall of 1974 in the suburban neighborhoods in Dade County. Uh, and apparently there were a bunch of different sightings, so this is just listing off the different people who saw it. Uh, that were interviewed on the sh- on uh, the segment. Uh, another sighting was by tour guide John Vickers on July of ni- uh, July seventeenth, nineteen ninety seven. He was driving a tour bus when he noticed a hairy creature standing on its hind legs cross the road in front of him. Five other people in the bus saw it as well. I don't know if the other people were interviewed. No, not on the bus. Um... I think that would have been helpful if like at least one other person. Who was there on on the bus? Probably couldn't get a hold also of him. Also, could corroborate, you know, what what he was saying. But yeah, probably couldn't get a hold of him. But yeah, I remember um, the the guy they picked for the reenactment looks. I don't know. He was all he always stuck out in my mind, like his face. Like he just he looked yeah. he looked. I always thought he looked kind of bizarre, and he looked nothing like the actual guy, which happens. They sometimes. do that a lot. They do that a lot on this show. Yeah, with their with their casting. Especially in the later seasons. I've noticed that uh, quite a bit more in the later seasons and that I were on Lifetime. And I don't know if like a guided tour through the Florida Everglades is something that sounds exciting to any non... Well, I mean, there's only five people <laughs> in the tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> they could have made it at least look fuller for television. <laughs> but like, I, I guess as like, a, a Floridian, like I could not think of any lamer uh, guided tour than... You, you know, you, you're going to see swamp, you're going to see tall grass. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, apparently you might see a skunk ape, so, I mean, that should honestly be the guy's they, hook. E- but even if they said, like, uh, this is where the skunk ape was sighted, it still wouldn't be that exciting unless you actually see the skunk ape. Hell, they should hire a guy to, like, dress up in a suit <laughs> and be like, you know, you might see him. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that was somebody in a suit, and that was his whole uh, scheme at the time. Uh, the tour guide have his friend or his buddy dress up in an ape suit and come crawling out of the uh, Everglades and you know walk across this road in front of the tour bus. I feel like nowadays, like if you dress up in like a semi-convincing Bigfoot suit and like walk around the backwoods, I feel like someone will shoot you. I, I think that yeah. they're not even going to ask questions; they're just going to shoot you. And then they're going to be like, I killed Bigfoot! And they're going to be super excited about it. And then, to, and then they find what the, out. Con- the, what would the conviction later. be for that? Like, if you if you shot something that you thought was an animal and then it turned out to be a guy in a suit, so you technically killed a human being, but you didn't know because they're in a costume in the woods. Like, how would they even charge that in court? Like, I know. Uh, they might find some loophole and still charge you for murder. <laughs> Probably get manslaughter <laughs> or, and serve, manslaughter, serve yeah. like a year or something like that. Yeah. So uh, two days later, Jan Brack, a real estate agent, also saw a strange creature that crossed the road in front of her car. At first, she thought it was a bear, but when she looked more closely, she realized that it was not a bear, and she had no idea what the creature was. And that that description of what uh, she said is pretty uh, succinct to what actually was uh, provided here. She wasn't really on on the camera that much. 
just said I saw what I thought was a bear, but that it wasn't a bear, and I think it might have been the skunk ape. Um, her neighbor, Vince Dorr, who came down the same road a few minutes later, also saw the same creature, and he took a picture of it. Um, I don't think he showed the picture, though, did he? Did he show the picture? Um, I think the picture that we saw in the segment was from the first guy who sat in the little lifeguard thing. Um, it was, yeah. it, he, it, it, we did see a picture from him and that picture was analyzed yeah. and it was, uh, thought to be real, like uh, whatever. But I mean, that's happened before in the show, like the guardian UFO. Oh, it's real. And then you find out later. Oh no, it's fake. Yeah. That guardian case was just so funny because. It's like, yeah, they, they they have the video footage, but then at the end of the video, there's these images that are clear, you know, that could have clearly yeah. been, that were most likely fabricated of aliens. And, and then like these faked Canadian uh, documents. Gulf that- Breeze was another one. The, the first UFO case they ever covered on the show was a hoax. Um, but oh, wow. I, I linked you this page because of this other photo, which is genuinely pretty creepy, but I, th- I, I don't motherfucker be looking like Harry and the Hendersons over yeah, here. Yeah, I know. It looks like Harry. <laughs> got like a, got like a fucking beard and everything. He's yeah. got a gray beard. Yeah. Um, so, uh. Jan and her neighbor saw the skunk ape. They talked about it. In September of 1998, David Sheely, uh, the guy we talked about earlier, who was introduced at the beginning of the segment, sitting on his lifeguard chair, looking for the skunk ape. He's the one that saw the skunk ape with his brother when he was a kid in 1973. Uh, The reenactments uh, in this entire segment are really corny and cheap. Uh, the the biggest example of that is this reenactment of him as a kid with his brother. Uh, didn't really uh, provide the best uh, kind of creepy atmosphere. It just it was just it. It felt like almost Leave It to Beaver kind of thing. <laughs> like, oh hey Beaver, look, there's the skunk ape. <laughs> Boy, let me see it. Where? Where? I want to see. Yeah, it was. It definitely did provide those kind of vibes. Uh, but in September of 1998, David was in the swamp when he saw the creature coming towards him. He took over 20 pictures of the creature. Now, here's the thing. This is a guy who has made his life and uh, probably made a little bit of a career in terms of writing books or showing up on other shows, talking about the skunk ape. It would be in his best interest to have evidence so it seems like it's one of those things where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that he probably did something along the lines of faking in order to get more notoriety to make it seem like he's not just completely wasting his time. Have one of his uh, uh, colleagues dress up as a skunk ape, shoot photos from like way far away and uh, call it a day. And be like, oh, I, I got photos of the skunk ape. Here they are. I mean, if you're wacky enough to, like, spend, like, any of your free time in in the fucking, in a lifeguard chair in the middle of the Everglades. In the Everglades, yeah. Then uh, that makes me think that you would also be crazy enough to, like, fake 
you know? Yeah. So they call it the skunk ape because it smells like a skunk, apparently. And I'm wondering, like, why? Like, is this like a rare breed of Bigfoot that just stinks? Or does does it does it have like uh, a defense mechanism somewhere to a skunk? It just sprays people or something. Like I don't. It, it, it's that's just like the only instance of a Bigfoot case that I've heard of where it just smells really really bad. Does he have really bad farts? Uh, it, it, is he uh, related to Pepe Le Pew? Does he have some of those DNA? Uh, some of that DNA in him. Dude, there's a um, whole fucking skunkape.info website run by the yeah. Sheely family, and they're selling merch. Like, this, yeah, I just sent you a on. sticker, and it shows of course. a it shows a picture of skunkape, like a cartoon rendition, and it says "social distancing champion, skunkape yeah. headquarters, Ochopi, Florida." Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a business. They got tours that they're running. Bullshit. There ain't no skunk ape. <laughs> There's a zoo, which is kind of cool, I guess. Gift shop. Where do they catch the skunk ape and they have him in the zoo? No, there's <laughs> a fucking alligator, which really, you don't need a zoo for that. If you're in the Everglades, you're going to see an alligator. What is he, anyway. what is he like the uh, Joe Exotic of Bigfoot enthusiasts? <laughs> Shit, man. Oh, here, I'll click here to book a swamp uh, adventure. Everglades <laughs> tour. Yeah, like you're in Florida, so that, that that might be fun. Everglades days. I just want to see how much he's charging for these. Oh, yeah. kayak day safari, $299. Pole boat day safari, $399. That's a hefty little price tag there. Yep. They got all kinds of tours you can do. Night tour. Yeah. Wow. Night tour. Uh, uh, uh. Are you gonna do one of those tours with Stephanie and then like report? <laughs> Dude, if we had, if we were like touring in Florida and we had like a day off, yeah, I would do. Uh, well, not for that much, I wouldn't, because that would like yeah. eat into any kind of money we made from to- exactly. tour. Exactly. So no, I wouldn't. Yeah, a, a sad thing is because like this could have just been like a national park that you just get into for a small fee, but you know. Dude probably bought a chunk of land and uh-huh. from his skunk ape findings, probably did a bunch of probably went on a bunch of fucking daytime talk shows and shit. Wrote books. Yeah. Probably made his money that way and then turned it into a whole business. Hey, good for him, man. I mean, that's the American dream, I guess. Yeah. So then he had this other guy named Tracker TL Riggs. Uh, that sounds like a Florida name, too. T.L. Riggs. My name's T.L. T.L. Riggs. What does the T.L. stand for? <laughs> Too loaded. <laughs> I think some of these people were probably too loaded when they thought they saw the skunk ape. So, uh, tracker Too Loaded uh, Riggs. <laughs> was looking for the skunk ape when he located several hair, several hair samples uh, for, on a broken tree branch. <laughs> DNA tests at Trinity University in Texas showed the hairs were not from a dog, cat, skunk, bear, chimpanzee, gorilla, human, or from any type of cons- costume. And I think that's the one when uh, Robert Stack was smirking, because he's all like, uh, DNA tests at Trinity University in Texas showed that the hairs were not from a dog, cat, skunk, a bear, chimpanzee, gorilla, human, or 
from any type of costume. Uh, and then he just had this smirk on his face, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some believe that the hairs are actually from a skunk ape and that the testing done will prove that what the creature actually is. Uh, you had an archaeologist named Bob Carr. Hasn't that guy been interviewed before? The name does sound familiar. I think he might have talked about some other Bigfoot cases. Or um, humanoid ape cases on on the show. I will say this, out of the uh, Bigfoot cases, this is one of the weaker ones uh, compared to some of the other ones we've covered already. Uh, when it comes to the way that uh, scenes are shot, when it comes to the content, uh, it is interesting to have the hairs, but that's just a complete and total letdown because nothing ever comes from it. Um, well, they leave it on a cliffhanger. They go, the results have yet to be determined. Uh-huh. Of, um, but they did say that the hairs were not of a synthetic nature that would be found yeah. in like a, a costume. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's like, okay, they- well, what is it then? Exactly. They uh, studied uh, the footprints, and I think Bob Carr or Lauren Coleman, they were the ones that were saying things like, oh, well, it doesn't have a normal heel or something like that. They were saying, like, it has to be some kind of uh, monster or different creature that we're not know. we don't really uh, know and aren't very familiar with. But, you know, somebody could just fake footprints, like, there's been plenty of instances where people say, oh, I got Bigfoot prints, and it was just some guy with concrete uh, Bigfoot feet just walking in the mud. So, uh, apparently, yeah, it's unresolved. Uh, further DNA testing on the hairs was inconclusive. Uh, in 2000, a woman in Florida photographed an animal that had apparently been stealing apples from a basket. She believed the creature was either a skunk ape or an orangutan that escaped from the zoo. However, the story could have possibly been a hoax because the woman never came forward. Instead, she told her uh, her story through a letter that came with photographs, which are nicknamed the Mayaka photographs. And I think that's the one that I showed you. Oh, okay. Skunk Ape was hungry. The fact that she didn't come forward to any other publication other than just telling her story with a letter... That seems really suspicious. Well, sometimes, though, people are, they don't want the attention. They just want to, you know, they want to let people yeah. know what they saw, but they don't, they don't want to go I on the TV show. I think the theory of it being an escaped orangutan, that makes more sense. Yeah, I, I mean, it does, it, it, from the picture that I'm seeing, it, it does look like some, some kind of monkey variant, but yeah. not necessarily, I don't know, it does kind of look like Harry, though. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think there there is a skunk ape? Do you think there that it that existed that it really did? My whole thing about like stink its way uh, through the uh, Florida Everglades. My my that has to be a really powerful smell if you could smell it. You know, in that environment, because it's probably already pretty uh, pungent in, in the swamp. Well, I mean, you know, anytime it shits, I mean, you want to talk about dingleberries? Good lord. It's like shitting through a fucking head of hair. You probably got all kinds uh, of dingles yeah. and dangles back there. I think any would be anyone would smell pretty skunky if they had a full head of hair between their ass. Um, yeah, sorry, that was a little graphic, but um, the whole you know when it comes to the whole cryptozoological thing with the the Bigfoot, big feet, whatever, or skunk ape. Um, 
I think I think it I think it probably existed at one point. It was probably some kind of uh, ape like uh, variant that had had yet to be identified, and I think that um, they all probably have gone extinct at this point. Because you know they have to be able to breed, so there's got to be a female and a male, and they have to fuck and have a baby and. Um, I, I just don't think there were enough of them. And, um, but then at the same time though, there's so many researchers and yes. scientists out, out there constantly trying to find new animals and shit. You have and then, all these reality shows like hunting Bigfoot for like and, 10 and the seasons fact that no, and they never find anything. Yeah. The fact that like no <laughs> professional has ever, you know, and, 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 th- and this isn't like aliens where there's like a motivation to cover it up because, yeah. you know, people might freak out or. Uh, you know, the government doesn't want anyone mm-hmm. to know that they exist for whatever reason. Or They're, ghosts, when ghosts is just very hard to capture any kind of legitimate. Yeah, there's no, there's evidence. no motivation to hide Bigfoot from. It would literally just be a new species of ape that we haven't discovered yeah. yet. There, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any kind of. Uh, uh, what's the fucking word? Them, my goddamn drunk necessity. Or, uh, incentive. There would be no incentive, incentive for them yeah. to hide that, you know? I figure if they did find... Unless a Bigfoot is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for fuck's sakes, they could sit there and they could... Uh, they they, they could have made a... You know, I mean, if they caught one alive, I mean, you know the kind of money they would make from... They haven't found any skeletal remains either. Like, nothing. <clears throat> If there were supposed to be this many of uh, this kind of breed of ape, you would think we w- they would have found some kind of skeletal remains over the years. Well, the whole argument about that is is that since it is, they are usually seen in such remote, foresty kind of areas that their bones are literally picked clean before anyone has time to find them. Yeah, maybe, but I mean if you're talking about at the time when it was Bigfoot mania and everybody was looking for a Bigfoot and everybody was looking for something, you would think they would have found something along those lines. Yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating, but I, I'm, you know, am I going to be sitting there, you know, at, 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 uh, three o'clock in the morning with like survival gear on in the woods with like the night vision, <laughs> on being like all right we're going we're going to find bigfoot and you know like uh, no no i'm not going to be one of those people but you well, know you could win a hundred thousand dollars josh <laughs> if you find bigfoot god yeah i don't know it's it, i like hearing about it and I, nobody I'm, won the money nobody won anything in that sh- in those shows like you could win up to a hundred thousand dollars if you find bigfoot and then too, like I also feel like if you're hunting these kind of animals, like you almost have to be like a zoological expert because you might yeah. you might find something that you don't know what it is, but you know scientists might already know what uh-huh. that is, and it's not anything yeah. they don't already know about. Like I could I could go to like some remote area and in, in the rainforest and see some kind of fucked up looking creature, and some you know zoo nerd would be like. Oh, that's a a buki buki monkey. It's <laughs> it's from this very specific area in the rainforest, and it yeah. stands seven foot tall. Yeah, we've known about that for years. 
It's got a poisonous cock that sprays you with venom. <laughs> like, you know, I, and and I don't, you know, I don't know about like you think you know about animals, but once you really start getting in to the or various fish, I mean, oh god, look, yeah, look about all the marine fish life is that a whole other story. Um, near the Marinara Trench, you know that that uh, far down below. Did um, you just call it the Marinara the Trench? <laughs> I fucked up there, so. <laughs> So where is the, Marinara? Like, is that, uh, what is it? Mar- Mariana. 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 Mariana Trench. Trench. Yeah. So maybe like <laughs> one day a huge uh, cheese popper in the form of an asteroid <laughs> will land in the uh, Marinara Trench. Uh, I just I, I get those two words confused. I, I'm probably not the only one. That so that. when you go to Applebee's, do you ask for cheese sticks with a side of Mariana sauce? <laughs> oh man uh this has definitely gone off the rails i don't have anything to say uh in terms of extra stuff about uh, i guess something else has something to say about the skunk ape Uh, does your phone or your tv have yeah sorry i was uh, i I was trying to watch a video that i thought that stephanie just sent me that i thought was going to be silent it was not um, but yeah, what I was saying is I don't really have anything else to say about the skunk ape. Uh, I, I, there is a chance that something, uh, might've existed along the lines of a Bigfoot in the Everglades, but I, I just, I, I don't really buy it. I, I, it just seems like a tall tale to me. And the fact that one of the most, uh, prevalent and well-renowned, uh, persons that or or people that saw the skunk ape is this guy who's made a whole business out of it it just it just seems pretty suspect to me bunkum it's bunkum it stinks yes (laughs) all right let's move on to uh the the secrets of hamcock forest (laughs) uh the Uh. the bermuda triangle of uh the north the bridgewater triangle well whatever but it's it's you know it's like the yeah bermuda, bermuda triangle well of the it north. seems it seems like it's even worse <laughs> than uh the, the the bermuda triangle i don't know man it seems like well i mean because the bermuda triangle i think it's already been debunked that it really w- is not as um isn't really that special when it comes to paranormal activity but this it seems like you got from what people are saying you've got bigfoot you've got aliens you've got ghosts like you got the trifecta of paranormal activity in in uh the uh bridgewater triangle all you're missing is like mothman uh chupacabra well they have this thing that that's called uh the thunderbird yeah, it's like this giant bird that supposedly, yeah, it's called a large, it's like a large black pterodactyl like creature. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so surprising it uh, uh, gave Josh the hiccups. So there's a region in New England known as the Bridgewater Triangle. It's where creepy swamp, a creepy swamp called Hamcock 
is home to sightings of UFOs, paranormal activity, and bizarre human-like creatures. Uh, by the way, I am calling it Hamcock for the rest of this. I don't feel like calling it by its Kokomo name or whatever. Hockamock? Um, Kokomo, Bermuda, Bahama, Come On Pretty Mama, Key Largo, Montego, Baby, Why Don't We Go? You know, whatever. So about 30 miles south of Boston, Massachusetts, it's a 200-square-mile strip of land called the Bridgewater Triangle. It's a rural area dotted with small towns, cemeteries, and dark and forbidding forests. This is where a violent and bloody war was once fought between indigenous tribes and New England colonists in the 17th century. Today, it is ground zero for countless unexplained paranormal encounters. Uh, A guy named Chris Pittman is quoted as saying, Many people have reported seeing UFOs both during the day and at night. Some of them have seen structured craft. Others just see lights in the sky. People have reported seeing all kinds of monsters, short dwarf-like creatures, Bigfoot, huge snakes, winged humanoid creatures. And a huge snake, I mean, that's that's not that weird. I mean, huge snakes are a thing that definitely exists. I mean, seeing short dwarf-like creatures isn't that weird either. There's several of those that live in Florida that I've seen. Um, and we call them Mexicans. No, I'm just... <laughs> that's probably going to be an edit. Oh. Um, so, when I first heard this, because this was the introduction to this podcast, I was like, oh, come on. Like, like immediately, I'm like, really? Like, everything. It's a smorgasbord of paranormal activity and cryptozoological phenomenon. It's like, it it sounded like way too good to be true. Because I was like, if this all happened in one place, there would be so much photographic evidence. There'd be videos. People would be talking about it a lot more than they are right now. Yeah, there would you would be think so. trips to uh, the Triangle. Well, you know what, Mike? Like maybe, maybe there will be now. And, and who who's <laughs> to say there hasn't already uh, been those things? There might be. We just don't know about it. Well, yeah. Well, th- on that front, uh, I, I do have something to add to that, but I'm going to wait. So, Chris Pittman is a local paranormal expert, historian, and amateur archaeologist. He was raised in the Bridgewater Triangle area and has spent his life researching the strange reports of paranormal activity in this unique region. Chris Pittman. All my life I was really interested in the paranormal and particularly in UFOs. Absolutely enthralled by these stories of people being confronted with these mysterious aerial objects that they couldn't explain. I started to investigate UFO sightings locally as I came to know more about this stuff. I'd actually go out to places where people had seen UFOs. I would meet with the witnesses and I would try to explain what it was that they had seen. I bet he comes off as the biggest neckbeard whenever he, like, goes to these places. Um, actually, uh, what you saw in the sky was a red-footed crane that was not a UFO. Um, so it was possible for me relatively easily to figure out this was a misidentification of an aircraft or was this a misidentification of planet Venus or something like that. There are also many times that the witnesses were reporting to me uh, stuff that was baffling and absolutely impossible for me to explain. Really interesting stuff. And I was looking at it from the perspective of a scientist. I was trying to be totally objective about it and look at each case and determine, you know, is this real? Create a hypothesis. Is this connected to other cases? And then try to prove or disprove that 
by collecting more information. And then I started to have really weird things that started happening in my own life. I would have files pertaining to UFO sightings that would disappear from my home and then be placed later with photocopies. I had unmarked black helicopters hovering over my house for such a long time that it made the front page of the local newspaper. I started to get really weird phone calls and emails. I would start to see weird lights in the night, and other people around me started to see weird things too. Eventually, after several years kind of all came to a head and I took a big step back from UFO research because it just became too frightening and I felt like so, it, how it was becoming dangerous. This is the part of the podcast I, I like the most is him talking about how all this mysterious stuff was happening because it did remind me of other cases that we've talked about in this podcast yeah, that Gordon, were featured on Unsolved Mysteries. The Withville UFOs. Uh, and... Um, that would make sense uh, and actually explain why you have a lot of these cases that occur in this uh, general vicinity that we don't hear about. Because uh, if it really is so well known by some shadowy government uh, agency that they're going to extreme lengths to get rid of evidence then uh, that would make sense. But then you'd also have to believe in like massive conspiracies and all this other stuff. And it, it, you kind of go down a rabbit hole that uh, becomes more and more uh, ridiculous the farther you go down it. But uh, I do find that interesting, though. And I, I wanted to hear more from him about the details of all of this. Like what exactly went missing? And and all these different instances of what he heard when it comes to the phone calls. You don't get any of the details. He just says, this happened, this happened, this happened, and I stopped doing research because of it. It's like, okay, all right. <laughs> you're going to leave me like that? Like that, that <laughs> You're tantalizing me, and then you, you give me a taste of something. It's like if I went to a restaurant, and they give you like a, a sampler of something that's like really, really good, and you really like it, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry we're out we don't have any more you know yeah yeah i mean i guess they wanted to get to hamcock as quickly as possible because that's what the main episode was about although maybe they could have done an extra you know but it ties in i think because he's all he's talking about how those those events actually tie into what happened so i think they're all about keeping these episodes like at, at 30 minutes as much as possible I get it, but like he 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 has the most interesting stuff to me. The yeah. other cases are just like I saw this. It's like okay, uh, that's creepy and and uh, rather unfortunate because I'm pretty sure that ruined your day. That would definitely ruin my day if I saw a hulking, fifteen foot tall, hairy monster uh, during my travels. Right. So, while investigating UFOs, Chris Pittman gathered hundreds of accounts of paranormal activities from the Bridgewater Triangle area. At first glance, they seemed outlandish, and yet, the people reporting them were credible and very certain of what they'd seen. After a few years, I had amassed a bunch of them. I came to the conclusion that it was nonsense for me and continued to just disregard this body of evidence I was collecting. Among the witnesses to this area's odd activity is the Manzella family. Peter and Tracy Manzella have lived in this part of New England for over 30 years and raised three daughters here. The oldest is named Fanny, who is now 38 years old and has a very unfortunate name. 
So Fanny goes on to say, we pretty much live in a forested thicket. It's swampy. It's like almost impenetrable. Twisted thickets of forest. We spent a lot of time playing around in the woods in general, behind the house I grew up, in the fields next door, in the forest behind the house, and in the forest in the front of the house. We happen to live about 100 yards from a historic cemetery, and the people buried there are, for the most part, descendants of the people who built the home that I grew up in. I always had a sense that there was something unusual about the area that we live, uh, you think? I used to feel a lot of strange vibes, I guess, outdoors as a kid, even from a young age. There were strange feelings, like I would see sometimes shadows out of the corner of my eye. I always had a really strong sensation, and still do, to this day, that there's something watching you from the woods, which is unsettling. I can deal with it during the day. At night, I don't love it. I don't feel that way inside the house. It's really only outdoors. I mean, I think, anything, I think, like, if Fanny is 38 years old, that means she grew up during all the golden age of horror movies in the 80s. So she's probably just seen a lot of TV and is paranoid about shit watching you out in the woods. I mean, I used to live out in the woods and I had that same feeling. It's like you just at night, you just look into this black void in your black in your backyard. And it's like, you know, something could easily be watching you and you wouldn't know what it was because it just you know when you live out in the country not everything's uh-huh. all well lit like it is in the more suburban areas um it isn't until she's an adult that fanny has a personal encounter with a strange creature lurking in the ominous swampland. late one afternoon fanny is home with her parents when she decides to go out for a jog on her usual running path that takes her through dense woods and past a nearby cemetery Fanny basically ends up seeing this thing that's 15 foot tall and really wide, broad shoulders and all that. And it was hairy and uh, it had like a reddish kind of warm tone, orange fur. Uh-huh. Um, the face was not hairy. Uh, it was only part of the creature that was not covered in hair. So she saw this uh, massive hairy thing uh, late one night. It was like, I, I guess some... I, I keep thinking she was at like a I'm getting confused with the other case we talked about that happened at a graveyard. So this wasn't at a graveyard. It was just at some kind of place uh, uh, at night. And the thing was so big, it was blocking her sight. She couldn't see. And uh, she eventually uh, got away from it. And apparently her father saw UFO He's interviewed at one point, and he's talking about this UFO that he saw, and it's honestly a pretty boring, forgettable UFO story. I saw something in the sky, it, it and I closed my door, and then it flew away. It's like, okay, all right. This was this was a very lukewarm. Um, was it? Would you say it's one of the most disappointing because it's a creature? You know. Yeah, because I was like looking forward to it. I thought I thought they'd really because they did a. I thought the ballpark cemetery was was a lot stronger than this one, honestly. Yeah, the more I think about it, yeah, in terms of the atmosphere, for sure. Like you would think that this would have some really good atmosphere, but uh, it 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 was a letdown in that regard. Um, I do like when it talks about though the theories about why things are occurring at uh, Hockamock, um, and I'm actually going to read some theories from this uh, uh, link that I found online about the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, it is theorized that the anger and negative energy from the King Philip's War, which is a war that happened uh, centuries ago uh, at this very spot, uh, was trapped in the swamp and in the surrounding areas, causing paranormal activity to occur 
uh, even to this day. There are many reasons for the presence of paranormal activity in the area, with many locals claiming the cause to be Native American curses. Uh, after the colonists settled the area in 17th and 18th centuries, the Native American peoples were treated poorly, and the wampum belt of the Wampanoag people was lost during subsequent battles. This lost belt... Uh, uh, I, I don't okay this lost belt okay has allegedly caused significant paranormal unrest amongst the ghost warriors that haunt the Bridgewater Triangle to this day um, because of the magnetic field of force of gravity in some areas of the world strange things happen no one really knows why like uh, the Bermuda Triangle uh, there isn't enough solid proof as to what things happen or can be seen but it is said that reality may be bent in these areas and we are able to see through to other dimensions and vortexes like the Bridgewater Triangle. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, that was one of the theories that the monsters and the creatures and some of the things you're seeing are just looking into another dimension. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what happens to people who have sleep paralysis. Are they just like in, in that state? Are they somehow seeing... Uh, uh, monsters or shadow people or or, or um, entities from other dimensions. Got any uh, other words to say about the uh, Hakamak creatures in this podcast? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Why was it so disappointing to you? Just to uh, the, it, it was it was literally people going. I saw something weird and I don't know what it was. I, yeah. I feel like that was pretty much the whole. Yeah. Just like Salsa Queen was like, uh huh. We, my sister was dead, and we don't know who did it. Yeah. This one was. I saw something weird, and I don't know what it was. At least with yeah. like the first like two episodes, it was like creepy cemetery. Guy starts laughing for no reason. Um, random yeah. scratches. You know that these weird things are interacting with them rather than than them just statically seeing it and then the second one you know a house burns down everyone's found dead in the house but the two kids are missing you know it's just yeah uh, that was the best one yeah it so really far. was right like right out the gate it's just more interesting then you f come to find out the mom was a drug addict and all this other kind of stuff and and like salsa queen was my sister was found dead and we don't know uh -huh. who did it and this one was wow that was some fucking weird shit <laughs> There we go. Like just talking about the case uh, uh causes uh, Josh to yawn. It's never a good sign. But you know what what might uh, make wake me up is exploring some of my painful yeah, childhood memories. Exactly. In the I got one last thing to add though about this case. Fanny talks about how I'm not scared. Like I keep jogging uh down the same path even though I saw this 15 foot tall monster. Um because I don't think I'll ever see it again, and I hope I don't. And it's like, I, I don't know how, I mean, I would just want to get the fuck out of there. I'm sorry. Like, if I saw something that insane, I'd be like, I, I'm moving. I'm, I don't, like, I, I don't want to be in, in this vicinity. I don't want to be in an area where these, these things are, are here. Right. It would, it, that would really fuck me up, because I, I, I'm... A little more skeptical than I have been in the past, but like if I saw something like that and like I it was up front and center, like I, that would just completely unravel my idea of reality. So I want to just get the fuck out of there. That's just me personally. 
Yeah, I want to live in a place where there's 15 foot tall uh, hairy monster orgs or ogres. I, I just no. <laughs> and yep. there's aliens and there's ghosts and there's like uh, giant pterodactyl birds. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of done talking about it. <laughs> I have nothing else. <laughs> I'm so bored with it. <laughs> there's nothing i can add i have nothing to add to any of it it's like i don't you know yeah cool you know if if you (laughs) saw it great but i mean i just felt like this would have worked better as like an episode rather than a pod like a podcast thing yeah some of them work better as podcasts some of them work better as episodes and you know they would never do this one on the new unsolved mysteries on netflix because they probably wouldn't have the budget to make it look good and um I feel like they're kind of staying away from the paranormal stuff, and, and they should because God knows they can't do a UFO episode justice on the new one. We've seen that. Sounds like it's back to a true crime though uh, segment for uh, next week's podcast. Yeah, which you know that might be good with Uncle Dave. Which that really threw me for a loop because I have an Uncle Dave. So I'm like, what? What did Uncle Dave do? My dad's <laughs> name. Where's Uncle Dave? My dad's name was David, and my cousin called him yeah. Uncle Dave. <laughs> All right, so uh, now we're on to the perks of being a Josh Flower. This is uh, yay. <laughs> this is uh, I found my diaries when I was a teenager. Uh, for, I used to uh, write them in on a website called Zanga.com. And just so you guys get the spelling right, it, it's spelled X A N G A. It's not Z E N G A. Um, I don't know why that. Some people might care about that, but anyway, um, the website's still around, but uh, it's new format and everything. So you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to pull up my username on there because they shut that uh-huh. old one down. And read it anyway. So I found my diary <laughs> entries a few months ago, and I've been reading through them, and uh, they're pretty cringy and show just how horrible and pathetic of an individual I was 15 years ago. Um, also, I will say, if I say anything fucked up in these entries, um, I'm sorry, uh, I am not that person anymore, um, you're basically hearing the cries of a desperate, uh, teenager who was not getting laid. So, we left off at March, or March 20, Wednesday, March 29th, 2006. Dude, pretty good lately, pretty good. Went to band practice today. Was fucking sweet. I can't wait till I go again, man. I have so much more freedom to try new things in that band than ever before. And I tried something new today on the bass. Instead of doing the same note that he did on guitar, I went up instead of down. And it sounded totally sweet, like a mud vein type thing. And he was like, that sounds sweet. That felt good. For once in my life, to be appreciated in a band for doing something creative... And Friday, Brian is coming over, and we will go to the mall, and I shall pur- purchase Stephanie's present. Present. Then Saturday, I'm going to Stephanie's birthday. That will be sweet. I'll make it sweet. There's no way anything can become boring slash gay if I'm hanging with Steph. I can't say that about much people. Maybe it's because she's a girl, and just being with her doing nothing is fun. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm happy at this particular moment, so thanks, God. I like how... My vocabulary in that post consisted of dude, good, sweet, um, totally, and like the. Those are like the only five words I used that whole time. Was like also in there? Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> a lot. 
I, I mean, uh, it, it just sounds like uh, dialogue from Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, I know. Dude! Sweet! <laughs> sounds like Mudvayne, dude! Sweet! <laughs> yeah, Do you even like Mudvayne? Yeah, their first album I like a lot, LD50. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're very talented. Their bass player... Um, is, is that the band that did that cover that was really bad that you were talking about? No, that's that, no that puddle that's, of mud. Puddle of mud. No, okay. I've never liked puddle of mud. They they were garbage <laughs> from day one. But no, Fatal Future was we weren't a good band at all. We were a shitty, 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 shitty metal band. But I did get to. Fi- I finally was in a band where no one was really telling me what to play. Like I could, for for once in my life, play whatever I wanted. She so had freedom. Yeah, and I instantly. Want, like started writing stuff and trying out different ideas and uh yeah it was yeah. It, even though it was a shitty band like i was able to get my first taste of creative freedom and, and and it was so liberating me meeting chris was like the first step of breaking out of this awful christian bubble that i was stuck in uh-huh um, even though you're still in these posts saying thank you god for this right, little well, bit of happiness the, 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 that that was starting to reach the beginning of its end as well probably through yeah. hanging out with the worldly friends that i was starting to make through chris so now we leave off uh saturday april 1st 2006 hey last night i had fun Brian was supposed to hang out with me, but he was sick, so he didn't. But in turn, I got to hang out with Stephanie and, unfortunately, her boyfriend, Chris. For a part of the night, it was just me and her. And then he shows up at the mall. That was so gay. Because, of of course, that automatically means we have to hang out with him the whole time. And we did. That sucked, dude. Then after that, I went bowling with Josh and Patrick and Samantha and Erica. That was okay. Josh was acting different again. He wasn't really talking to me. I think that's why everyone has changed so much. They all have girlfriends. Some people can't handle some people can handle it better than others. I just went on Casey's MySpace and saw another comment from that new dick that she's talking to. So I went on his MySpace and all, there's all these pictures of him and she commented on almost every one of them and she's like love you babe Mwah, and all this shit and she never said any of that stuff to me i guess she really turned on i guess she's really turned on by this guy and i don't necessarily blame her i'm not gay but the dude doesn't look bad i mean he's not ugly i guess and he's got a nice body it's so gay i mean li- literally josh <laughs> oh, it's gay you're commenting on his body you yes it is, <laughs> yeah. it is gay but not in the way yeah. that you're intending it She's getting more yeah. shallow, I think. There's no way a guy who looks like that has a good personality. Again, why? Incel. <laughs> Incel. <laughs> to just assume that because you're a good-looking guy, you have a shit See, There's that. no way that those good-looking guys Such will actually fucking... care about you and love you like I would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I have her tied up in my basement with like one dim light bulb hanging above us. I guess and, I'm just uh, while you're eating your Dunkaroos. <laughs> hey, don't talk. Don't. I'm tired of people dunking on me because of my Dunkaroo obsession. They've come back and they're <laughs> splendid. <sighs> I guess I'm just jealous because I, I am not hot and I do not have a body. So this basically shows a trend of moving up in the ranks of guys. Every guy she has dated since me has looked a lot better than me. Man, that makes me feel like shit. But yet I don't care. On a scarier note. This thing. don't care uh-huh yeah you just spent <laughs> sure you don't care josh that's why you've been like complaining about your weight and looks this whole entire like 
last few years. Yeah. I love how you simplify, I don't have a body. <laughs> like, you, I, I don't have a body at all. Like, I'm just a floating head. I, I, don't, I don't have a body, just a floating head and legs. <laughs> uh, on a scarier note, this thing that has been kind of a problem for a good portion of my life has resurfaced again, and I don't know why. I don't want to like it. I think if it really came down to it, I wouldn't, but I have these thoughts about it, and I oh, like yeah. it. I don't know. Mm. It's too secret to even say on here because the very few people who have one, who have a Zanga, might stumble upon it and be like, wow, I got shit on him now. I don't know. I need money, bitch, and a job so badly. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Stephanie's birthday tomorrow, so that might be fun. I don't know. At least I'm getting out of the house. See, bitches. The thing that I was referring to that was too secret to talk about was, uh, I think I, was, I think I was referring to the crush that I had on my uh, best friend at the time. Who, oh, who was okay. who was a dude? Um, oh yeah, and yeah. So, cause like, I remember when I was like a little kid, like I would see like a kid in my class, and I would, and he was a, a boy, and I would tell my mom, "He's so cute." And my mom's like, "No, Josh, boys are handsome; they're not cute." And uh, so, like, I was afraid that I, you know, when I was a teenager, I remember that, and I, I was like, "Man, what if I'm gay?" And then when I started having those kind of confused feelings towards my friend i was like oh god this is coming back like i don't want to be i don't want to be like that you know i don't want to be gay or uh-huh. whatever and i was like really freaked out about it at the time um, so there was a time when you were bi well i never act i never acted on it not because i didn't want to it's just because yeah. you know if girls weren't wanting to talk to me certainly guys weren't either um, uh-huh. so i i never actually did anything I, to this day, I've never done anything with a guy, so I'm technically... Well, well nowadays, I'm not attracted to guys any, anyway. I mean, well, there's that, just that kind of uh, thought process. Similar uh, wavelength. I mean, if if my friend at that time had, like, allowed me to experiment in that way, I would have done it, but he, he you know... Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. the fucking hilarious, ironic-ass thing about it is, is he turned out to be gay later on in life. He came out, and then I was... I'm the one who's, like, you know, not, so it's just, like, it's kind of funny. I don't even give a shit. I mean, like, I talk about it now because I don't care. If I was gay or bi, I would just say it on here. I'm not fucking embarrassed or Oh, yeah, or I mean, I, I, that's what I really like about uh, your honesty in so many different ways is that you're not discriminatory when it comes to your honesty. No. Because uh, there's a lot of people, when it comes to those kind of feelings, they wouldn't be as open about it well, yeah. as you have been. I, I have no, I put no value in like male bravado, you know, and being cool and whatever. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about any of that alpha male bullcrap. Um, all right. This provides you with more baggage that you have to deal with. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, that's, th- those are the guys who die of heart attacks when they're like 52 because they're just, they've never, they don't cry because crying's for pussies and they never secretly had anal sex with their best buddy like they always wanted to and that made them sad and so they carry that with them and, you know, I mean, there's all these things that are built up in their head. Uh, moving on to uh, Sunday, April 2nd, 2006. Well, this weekend has been quite strange. It started off good, but then ended with a swift blow of pain. Friday, I hung out with Stephanie. Damn. Fr- <laughs> Friday, I hung out with Stephanie and Christopher, and they went bowling, and then went bowling with Josh and Pat. Then Saturday started out as awesome. I went to Stephanie's party and had a lot of fun and met two cool new people who actually, like, want to start a techno or electronic band. That's freaking awesome. That has been 
Long been my dream. Everyone just clicked at her party. We had a lot of fun. But then Stephen calls and we go to the fair. Stephen is my cousin. And everything was fucking expensive. And there was like a million people there. So I got a fried Snickers bar and left there. And there wasn't anything to do. So we we went back to Chris uh, O'Coin's house. I don't give a shit. I'm naming his last name. We went back to Chris O'Coin's house and drank and smoked a lot. And I was majorly fucked up by then, the time I got home, and my dad found a beer bottle cap in my pants pocket. That sucked! So now I've lost all my... You were underage at the time, right? Oh yeah, very much so. Very underage. Yeah. Definitely gonna get in trouble with that one. (laughs) So now I've lost all my dad's trust again, and life is pretty much gonna suck for a little bit, but I don't want to go too much into detail right now he's taking my mom's car out to get gas and i'm scared it's gonna smell like smoke or have ash in it shit i remember that i remember that like the back of my ass uh i remember that night going over there that was a lot of fun i got really drunk and uh chris used to actually kind of be a bully to me in uh junior high but Hmm. then like when we got older he kind of like became started treating me cool for some reason and so i remember me and my cousin went over there and we, him, me, him, his dad, his girlfriend, we all got fucked up. And, and then I drove home, or yeah, I drove home, and that was stupid because uh, I didn't have experience drinking and driving back then. I have a lot of experience doing it now. <laughs> Not, don't d- don't follow my example, kids. Um, but yeah, mm. yeah, I remember because that was because my parents used to do my fucking laundry because I was a little baby bitch. And and he would always go through my pockets just to make sure that, you know, he didn't wash anything that was, you know, there was nothing in my clothes before he washed them or whatever. And uh-huh. at some point in the night, I had a beer bottle cap and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I put it in my back pocket and just forgot about it. And then he finds it. And I took the longest shower when I got home because I was trying to sober up. And yeah. I probably took like a 45 minute shower. And when I got out, he just fucking like laid into me. And I remember there was this Comedy Central special on behind me, like uh, the TV behind him or whatever, and Ron White was on, and like I was trying so hard not to laugh because I was like, because he's like trying to yell at me, but like Ron White's telling these jokes behind him, and it's just like, yeah, what the fuck, Tater Salad. <laughs> yeah, he was funny back in the day. I don't know what he does now. He didn't do that many stand-up specials compared to the other uh, blue-collar comedy well, guys. Well, fucking Bill Ingvall's doing um, commercials for uh, old people shit now, and he's corny as all hell. He's doing, like, a mortgage or tax. Wasn't pro- he always corny? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. B- Here's your sign. <laughs> Bill Ingvall was my least favorite of the redneck comedy guys. Jeff Foxworthy is a legitimately solid comedian. Larry the Cable Guy had a few good one-liners, and... Um, I don't know. I actually like Bill Engvall more than Larry the Cable Guy. At least I, uh, I can't. I, I can't really listen to Larry the Cable Guy now. He definitely was a flavor of the year that that I got burnt out on pretty quickly. Uh, I got really tired of Get Her Done. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That definitely got old. All right, Thursday, April sixth, two thousand and six. Hey guys. Well, fucking since Sunday, things have been smooth. Band practice last night was pretty good. I was supposed to spend the night at. In Naldis's house, the drummer, but I got a Saturday work day, so I don't see that happening. That's basically when you get in trouble at school. Um, you get a certain amount of demerits. They make you come in on Saturday and work for a few hours around the campus. 
Um, I need a fucking job. You were a bad boy. Oh, yeah, man. I tell you what, this that is scary because if I don't fucking get one, then that's it. I have to go fucking work at Bacardi, and I do not want to do that shit. I might be starting a tech metal band with Josh, Chase, Michael, and me. You didn't stay long there. I guess you only worked at Bacardi for. I think I worked there for like three weeks, but that was enough to traumatize me <laughs> to not Apparently. want to go back. It's um, like, oh dear God, no! Anything but Bacardi. <laughs> like, did you like harbor like anytime you would see like Bacardi, you would just like not drink Bacardi or just stay away from? Well, first Bacardi of all, after a- I don't like rum, but I would drink Bacardi when I was younger because that's all that's the only liquor that my parents had in their pantry, so uh-huh. it was like that or nothing. So I would, yeah. you know, and they would stockpile like thirty because neither one of my parents drank at the time, and they'd stockpile like thirty bottles of all kinds of shit because their work, my, my mom's work would just give her free bottles every month or whatever, and she wouldn't drink them; she'd just storm uh-huh. in the back. So if I went and stole one bottle, ain't no way they would have known, and they didn't. They could. My dad didn't keep a running stock; he was too lazy to do that. He didn't yeah. keep a tally and take inventory. So if I uh-huh. stole a bottle here and there, then it wasn't no. As long as I didn't steal like anything that like we had like a bottle of Grey Goose vodka. Like if I had stole that, he uh-huh. would have noticed, you know, because that's like high end vodka, smoother than fucking pig shit. Man, I love that stuff. Um, girls are not on my mind right now. Is it because none of them are them are talking to me? Yes, I'm so gay. Anyway, I love music. See ya. <laughs> They are on your mind because you're talking about them. <laughs> I mean, they're not on my mind, but except uh, for right this very moment where, where they are in my mind. Next, we have Saturday, April 8th, 2006. Hey, well, what has been going on lately? Band practice Wednesday was fun. I went over to Anolta's house and man, does he have a big ass house. I first introduced my overdrive pedal on my bass. I don't know if I'm going to use it or not. Maybe. It may sound cool. Thursday night, Casey called me and said I should go to her school tomorrow to hang with her. And then Friday, I did. After school, I went and saw her. Man, she looks the same yet older, and her boobs have gotten so much bigger. She is a knockout for sure. She still packs on that makeup, though. She looks beautiful without it. I like the natural beauty of a girl, not that makeup and tan shit. But yeah, it was awkward. We didn't really make any... I feel you on the tan stuff. I mean, makeup, like, if there's too much of it, it could be a bit too much. Right. And be a bit off-putting. But, you know, when it comes to uh, the uh, the tan stuff, like, I, I, I'm i not a fan of that at all. Well, it just... with shows like, like Real World and... And um, Jersey Shore. <laughs> well, well, not Jersey Shore wasn't even around back then. In like in the mid two thousands, that like white girls like getting like really tan and shit. That was like a big uh-huh. thing. I remember at least yeah. at my school it was. So anyway, I see. I saw Casey. Uh, it was awkward. We really didn't make any important conversation. Just small talk. Then I got had to go because her brother and I don't get along. It's a long story why, but basically he's the reason we broke up. But yeah, it was crazy seeing those lips that I've enjoyed so much and seeing that face that put all those feelings in me and seeing her legs and body that I always used to touch and then thinking about all the fucking dicks after me that have done slash thought the same thing as I do. And that, my (laughs) friends, is truly depressing. Um, And then I quote some Rush lyrics. A little creepy. (laughs) Quote Rush lyrics, quote Rush lyrics, quote Rush lyrics. Um, yeah, cheesy. 
blah, 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 blah. Friday night, I went to Analdis' house with Chris, and we had a long band practice. It was pretty good. I'm getting used to Analdis. He's he's annoying, though. It's funny because his dad is like first-generation Chilean, and you can't hardly understand him. Chris is super cool, though. Uh, today, I went this morning to Trinity for this stupid Saturday workday thing. It wasn't that bad, but I was like a slave. I hate that, but I, it really wasn't bad. And tonight, I should be going to my cousin's birthday party. She's having this big-ass party at the Equestrian Center. Go figure, but I'm going to be hanging with Josh, so whatever. He's been cool lately. All right, bye, guys. Hopefully Sunday I can jam with Wes. <laughs> a birthday party at the Equestrian Center. Wow, that's my idea of a, a poppin' Saturday night, buddy. All right, this is that's the last one. I'll, this is the last one I'll read. good time. Because it's pretty long. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. Sunday, April 30th, 2006. Aw, shit, dog. It's time to do some hardcore updating. Jeez. Okay, where to begin? Okay, well, I've been going over to the guitar player for our band Fatal Futures House for the past few weekends to spend the weekend there. And every time I go over there, we drink. So I went there last Friday and got drunk. And his sister, Nikki, who I think is cute, got a little bit drunk. And we made out that night, which is fantastic because now I can say I have done it recently. And she likes me a lot, which is good because I like her. Not a lot, though, but I do like her. So then that Saturday, I went to the mall with Chris and brought a, bought a Brian Regan comedy CD. It is hilarious shit, let me tell you. Then Saturday, I went home and felt guilty from my dad because I always think he knows what I did when I come home from drinking or something. And we went to Walmart that night, and I talked to him on the way home about how he shouldn't assume I do stuff just because I may act tired as hell or something when I get home. Because when I go over to Chris's house, I never get good sleep. So anyway, then last week was just a lot of fucking homework and bullshit, tests, quizzes, you name it. I did it, and finals are coming up. Fuck! And I have to think about college, and I absolutely fucking need a job for the summer. I am not working at Bacardi. Fuck that shit. And that reminds me, we are having a Bacardi picnic at my mom's work, and it's so fun. I want to go, and I need to bring a friend, so I need to start asking people. Okay, but anyway, this weekend came, and Friday I came, o- uh, I came over, and we practiced a lot. I came over where? I came over, and we practiced a lot. <laughs> then that night, Chris's parents... Probably where your band practices. Yeah. Is my guess. Then that night, Chris's parents thought that we were going to go out and party, so they were like, if y'all are going to party, we'd rather you do it here. So they bought us a fucking 12-pack of beer. Dude, I was like 17 at the time, and his parents are buying us beer. Well, Nikki is on a depression medication called Zoloft, so one beer fucks her up, and she got so fucking wasted. I had eaten a lot of crystals before that, so I had a bad stomach ache, and I didn't feel like drinking that much, so I didn't. And they swore that I was fucked up, which I wasn't that fucked up. Um, Yeah, and I love making out and all, but she's getting damn crazy. She was, like, slobbering on me. It was gross. I didn't enjoy that make out. But then she started Frenching me and kissing my neck, and damn, I got turned on. So I felt up her shirt and fingered her a little bit. But then Chris came out in the garage where we were, and I had to stop because that's her brother, and it wouldn't have looked good. And he he really gets bothered by that stuff. I guess I can't really blame him. Um, Yeah, so then I woke up that Saturday perfectly fine, but everyone else had a hangover. Ha ha. So me and Chris practiced some more. We almost finished the fifth song. I don't know. This band process is going by slow. I think we should ditch all the songs except for like two and start over because they are just all over the place and we don't even have a drummer. 
Oh, yeah, and I figured out, Analdus, our drummer, fucked Nikki on St. Patrick's Day. They were both drunk. They they are just, uh, they are both drunk, but that's who she lost her virginity to. And when she was drunk, she said, if you fuck me, I won't cheat on you. LOL, exclamation point. Who even says that? I'm not ready to have sex yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to have sex yet. And she kept trying to lift up my shirt because uh. I was like, we are not fucking out here with your brother and shit. But really, I don't know if I would have anyway. But anyway, that bothered me that she fucked an Aldous. He's so stupid. But I guess I can see why they did that, though, because he's got a nice body, I guess. But that motherfucker is goofy looking. I wish I had a nice body. It's getting better, I can tell. But I want to have abs and pecs instead of fat and boobs. Even though I don't really have boobs anymore, I used to. And I can start start to see my ribs more now, too. And I have curves on my hips. Cool. But yeah, I'm going to continue to lose weight and hopefully be normal by next year. So Saturday night, we go to this stupid-ass thing that was supposed to be considered a party. But it wasn't even. It was some lame get-together. But me and Chris brought our own stuff over, played a few songs. But in the middle of song four, the guitar string broke. And I had to do an improv on the bass for like five minutes. Everyone liked it, though, so it was cool. But it was an awkward, quote-unquote, gig. It was so small, I wouldn't even call it that. But yeah, before that, we went to this pawn shop, and I saw all those old boss pedals they don't sell in stores anymore. So hell yes, as soon as you get more money, I'm buying them all, just because I think I want to start collecting boss pedals. But yeah, I'm fucking tired of typing, so I'm going to go. Bye, Zanga. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so now you see Josh finally is starting to get some action at this point in his life. Yeah. Only took 17 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember all of that shit, man. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, Nikki, man. Yeah, I, who does talk like that? I for- well exclamation I, point. I did forget that quote, though. <laughs> if you fuck me, I won't cheat on you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's... Like, what? Did you say that? No, or- she said that to me. Oh my god, if you fucked me, I won't cheat on you. I promise. I pinky swear. <laughs> Cross my heart and hope to die. <laughs> yeah, there have been a lot of instances, though, where um, the girl, a girl will be dating the dude, and then the dude stops fucking her, and she kind of starts looking for it somewhere else. I have heard of that happen many times. So, men, keep your ladies satisfied if you're listening. All right, that's the end of the podcast, mercifully. Um, you can check us out on Patreon if you want to get the podcast early. Um, it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Once again, that's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Uh, you can join our Facebook group by heading over to facebook and in the search bar type in uncovering unexplained mysteries and uh hit the groups tab and you should see our group and finally if you want more of me and mike but you want to see our individual talents as human beings you can do so by going to our respective youtube channels mike's youtube channel is youtube.com slash ocp communications that is ocp communications he's a movie guy he talks about the movies what was the last video you did Last video I did was uh, an audio mini rant on the new Mighty Ducks show. I hate it, and I explain why it looks so awful and is missing the entire point of the original series. And uh, I also reviewed the Coming to America films. I talked about the first one, and then I talked about the sequel, which was 
Very disappointing. Uh, another uh, entry on the list of unnecessary, lazy sequels to movies that didn't need sequels to begin with. Yeah, that was pretty um, much what I, the general consensus I heard about that movie as well. It's too bad because Craig Brewer and Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes were all really great and just absolutely wonderful in uh, the previous film they worked on together in Dolomite Is My Name. But uh, this was just nowhere near the same amount of magic as either the first coming to America uh, or uh, Dolomite Is My Name. Uh, PG-13 rating did it no favors super sanitized there were jokes that were in the trailer that were not in the final version of the film uh because i think they were afraid they were going to offend somebody um and uh it just proves that you can only go back to the well so many times and also in some instances you shouldn't even go back to the same well uh i mean and coming to america which is a confusing ass title uh it relies way too much on the same gags from the first film. Like, remember this gag? Remember this bit? Remember this one? And and that kind of humor rarely ever works, unless they're doing a clear-cut satire of it. But that wasn't the case. And then you had the typical bullshit you see nowadays with films where they have woke lines of dialogue and shit that doesn't make any sense uh, when it comes to the characters you got the barbershop guys talking about how wrong sexual assault is. And yeah, sexual assault is wrong. Uh, 100%. But you don't need the barbershop guys from coming to America to tell you that. Right. And, and it, it, it's just one of those things where it comes across as unbelievably forced. And, it, and that's just how it is in any instance like that. Tom and Jerry talking about uh, how Jerry might be gender fluid and then this sort of stuff about sexist preacher, you know, the sec- the preacher character for the first movie, lines of dialogue talking about how sexist he is. It's just stuff that just comes across so painfully forced and agenda driven. And-, and I'm really sick and tired of it with modern uh, films. It's just like, can can we can we find a more natural place for these kind of uh, discussions? Why do we need to shoehorn them into places where they don't belong? Because it doesn't really serve much of a purpose. It's, most of the time, it falls on deaf ears because a lot of people are like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to go back to watching Tom and Jerry or uh, the Coming to America sequel. Or other times, it distracts and, and actually becomes uh, uh, an issue for the audience because they're just like, oh my god, like really? There's a time and a place. <laughs> This is not the time and the place for that. We don't need to have this kind of narrative and this kind of dialogue in every fucking film nowadays. Yeah, I, I just I'm I'm gonna quit. I think I'm gonna become that angry old man that doesn't like anything. Like way sooner, <laughs> I'm gonna have like early onset grumpy old man syndrome. The cynic, yeah. Um, because I just society, uh, the, the societal norms are, are evolving so fast that like, I can't, everyone wants you to be in their bubble, Josh, you need to be in their bubble. Like, I don't know. I, 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 and you can't even talk about it, man. Cause you're going to offend someone. And, it, and it's just like, 
I can talk about with my close friends, but I can't, you can't talk about yeah. this shit in like a public forum because someone listening, it's going to pertain to them and they're going to be pissed off. And, you know, that's not really the, the purpose of this particular well, podcast. Yeah, no. So, I mean, if we were doing a social and, and commentary I mean, podcast, that would be a saying, different story. Saying everyone wants uh, you to be in their bubble is a stretch, but th- there's a growing number of people who do want people to be in a bubble of their own making based around what they feel is acceptable. And uh, I think that's a dangerous precedent. That's something that a lot of us should fight against uh, because uh, you really need to fight for your ability to think for yourself and to understand and see things as they are so it, it, you can look at something from the past and be like oh that's offensive compared to today's standards and then understand why it's offensive and then move forward um uh, and learn from it and instead of trying to just force it away you know just try to uh just toss it uh, aside and try to block it from your memory that that really doesn't uh help it's like uh, a modern day book burning you know yeah it really is because you're seeing shows from the past and current shows oh so and so was a part of the cast for this episode we're not going to air it it's like okay i understand why that you're not wanting to do this or that but in when you're doing that kind of thing whether you mean it or not, you're kind of making the cast and crew and the other people who worked on that project somewhat implicit with the actions of someone else. And and I don't think that's fair. They should not I be think associated a big, uh, victim forever of, with that kind of thing. I think a big victim of that, uh, of the cancel culture was Roseanne, honestly. and Because like, her show was doing well, like the, the, the reboot. Yeah. And, um, and, and I want to... And, and, and speaking of Roseanne, her original series... Uh, it actually did break a lot of barriers uh, and and really did a lot of good for daytime television. And that should not be forgotten about in terms of what she brought to daytime television in terms of the kind of family dynamics that were displayed. uh, And also she was very progressive and ahead of her time. Right, And that's why, that's why it wouldn't make any sense that she would out of nowhere tweet some racist remark. She didn't even know that, Valerie Jarrett or whatever her name was. She didn't even know she was black. She thought she was Jewish and she had like she explained the whole thing on Joe Rogan about how like what you know where she comes from like um like I don't know. She it's making it seem like that was a common thing that was said and and I believe her. I don't think like it's like what you know what dumbass would uh, like do that, you know, uh and, and someone who is like you know, historically been on the th- progressive yeah. side of things. It's not like she's Ted Nugent saying it. No, you know, I think it's an extreme reaction. I think that because it's a lot of it's expelling uncomfortable things from a bubble. It's like, I, I it makes me uncomfortable. It upsets me. I, I want to get it away from me as soon as possible. And, and, and I, I don't think, and, and yes, there are instances where it's just really unacceptable. And I think that Roseanne should have probably not done that because she, it was under contract and she probably was aware of the shifting uh, winds, so to speak, when it comes to what was acceptable uh, versus what was acceptable in the past. 
It, but it wasn't and, even a, it, like it's all about intent, right? I mean, it was yeah. she didn't even intend it as a, a racist. It's just people took it the wrong way. It's just it was like mm-hmm. a misunderstanding. But I could see why you know people <laughs> looked at it that way, and and that's just the kind of uh, that that's kind of where we are right now. But um, going off of that, I just don't think it's fair to like cancel the entire show. And try to be like, oh, that show is trash. It always was trash because Roseanne is a bad person. Let's cancel her and then cancel Roseanne and cancel everything. Anyway, uh, so that's Mike's YouTube channel. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Once again, that is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. I do music based stuff like little documentaries and reviews and hot takes and all that. Um, I've been busy the last week, so I actually don't have a new video out, but the last one I did was on Chris Cornell's 2009 pop album, Scream, um, where the Black Hole Sun singer went pop in the late 2000s and wrote, pen such uh, genius lyrics as, that bitch ain't a part of me. Um so yeah, I, I don't hate the album though. I, I thought it was pretty decent. So uh, if you want to see that whole thing, uh, check out my YouTube channel. And uh, that's also the name of my band. And we're on Spotify. And I'm sure you know all about my fucking band at this point. But uh, check that. Check us out too. Anyway, until next time, I give this podcast a D minus, and uh, I will talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I wouldn't give it that low of a rating, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. See ya. I mean, look at look at the MCU, Marvel. The success of the Marvel films has pretty much just made nerd culture complete and totally. Oh mainstream. man, I finally I, I told you this last week, but I finally like started it, inching my way into yeah. the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. I've been following the little where gu- are the you guideline. at right now? Um, so I've I've watched because uh, this according to the internet, this is the sequence you're supposed to watch them in. I saw uh-huh. Captain America: The First Avenger. I saw yeah. Iron Man. I saw Iron Man two. Oh no! Uh-huh. Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Iron Man two. Uh, what did you think about Captain Marvel? Like I didn't care for Captain Marvel. I didn't care for I it. That was I didn't care for it either. It was a little. Bad. It was a little lackluster. The only thing that I liked about it was that it took place in the nineties. Like, but that, it was like one of those like fake 90s where they didn't even try that hard to make it look like the time period other than like a blockbuster video and playing a bunch of 90s songs yeah it's like you take out all that stuff and it doesn't even really feel like a 90s movie in terms yeah i'm sitting there like looking at their clothes like not not uh the one of the shirts she was wearing i think was uh something that i think you could buy in Redbubble or something i remember reading so and it was actually a knockoff shirt it wasn't even actually an official uh band licensed t-shirt oh you're talking about the nine inch nail shirt she was wearing yeah i thought that was a random choice like really okay i guess uh (laughs) probably one of the directors or producers was a nine inch nails fan and they just wanted any- iron man i like a lot i think because of robert downey jr yeah like he's he's great in that and uh so did you see iron man two and three already i or, saw two um not- three's not up on the list yet oh, okay. um now um uh, i saw thor or yeah thor i had seen thor a long time ago so i just skipped that one 
And now I'm Thor all- surprised me uh, when I rewatched it uh, in terms of how much it holds up and the fact that Kenneth Branagh is the director, you know, the guy who's known for doing serious Shakespeare movies and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So he actually showed uh, that he could direct something other than a serious historical or, or throwback epic. Yeah. And currently I'm on the Incredible Hulk from 2008 with Edward Norton. Who I love. I love Edward Norton. He's so. great in that. I, I thought he was really good in Incredible Hulk. And I actually think it's one of the more underrated films in the MCU. Because barely nobody talks about it. And Edward Norton was replaced uh, by Mark Ruffalo later on. Because Norton, he wanted too much control of uh, uh, decisions when it comes to his character in the MCU. And Marvel and Kevin Feige were not all about that, and there were they came to a head, and then he quit, or he was forced out. Uh, it's too bad because Edward Norton was actually a big reason why the Incredible Hulk was uh, at all uh, decent in terms of its narrative, because he actually came in and got involved and with the story and helped uh, punch certain things up. I don't see why everyone was like dunking on Iron Man. Before I went in, everyone was like, Iron Man 2 is the worst one and all that. And it's like, well. Iron Man 2, I would say out of, uh, I mean, no, I don't think it's the worst MCU film, but it is bloated. It is jammed. It, it does have all these different things. And it is a little disappointing in some ways. But I mean, it introduces War Machine, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, but it's not, I wouldn't consider it to be the worst. The worst to me is like Captain Marvel or Thor dark world like those are way worse than iron man 2 or iron man 3 so after i, I don't like after that i finish um the incredible hulk then i can finally see the avengers the 2012 avengers i am gonna make a controversial statement here i think the first avengers is overrated and i don't even think it's one of the best films in the mcu the second half is epic, and it's a lot of fun with them fighting Loki and all these aliens invading Earth. But the first half is boring. It, it's slow. I don't really find the dynamic and the and the banter between the the heroes to be that entertaining. And also in the first half, it feels very small compared to this big event film that's supposed to be. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think it's it's not a bad. Well, I actually do think it's kind of a bad movie, but I don't think it's like completely worthless. But to me, it's below average. Like I, I it's actually one of my least favorite MCU films is the first Avengers because of that first half. The first half just sucks, if you ask me. It's crazy that like the X Men are in the Marvel universe and they don't get in in any of these fucking films because what was it like fox owns the fox it? yeah fox owned the rights at the uh, time that suck like they don't anymore though right no well disney does because they bought fox so <laughs> so it's all but so they're back in in marvel's yes. hands the only ones that aren't technically solely owned by marvel right now i think hulk is still one of them because i think there's still a deal with universal and I think uh, uh, Spider-Man with Sony. But Sony's working uh, with Marvel. It's a collaboration. Mm. Yeah, because like the X-Men That's were my Sony's favorite. That's why able to do the Venom films. is because they still own the rights to the Spider-Man yeah. franchise, technically. Yeah, all this is going at the end of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> all the movie chit-chat. 